Welcome back to another episode of I'm Talking to Jew. It's episode 18. We're almost at 20. It's absolutely huge. Episode 3 of season 2. I'm excited. And I'm excited because today we're talking about probably my two favorite things about Judaism. Prayer and synagogue. You know what? Out of all the things I thought you would have liked the most, Cheesecake Day, maybe even the story of Passover from last week. Yeah. It's almost like I wasn't telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we always take you at face value. Yeah. Or in this case, at voice value. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I've got a valuable voice, I think. Mm. 50% mm. of this podcast, at least. Yeah. Okay, the, va- the value 30%. of that's not very high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we jump into prayer and synagogue in today's topic. Yes. The question on everybody's lips. It's on mine. What did you think of the Prince of Egypt? I, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I gave it on our on our Facebook page, on Instagram, I gave it three and a half deadly plagues out of five. Yeah, which I didn't like because there were clearly ten deadly plagues. Yeah. So why yeah. don't you just go up to seven? I should have, I probably should have done. I'll give it, I'll adjust my score now. It yeah. is technically the exact same thing, yep. but I'll give it seven deadly plagues out of ten. Okay. A good experience. Okay. Uh, cool. It was a scarier experience than I thought it was going to be. Why? I prepped you the whole story. Yeah, I know, you knew but, what um, was going on. Spoilers, everything. I know. I kind of thought, well, that's the thing. I knew the story. Yeah. Um, from a, like a cinematic point of view, it was, right. quite, it was quite scary. A scary story for kids. A scary film for kids. Look, you know, you've got to just face what's in the Holy Torah. Yeah. i got to think, uh, I think that, I thought it was going to be like more Disney-ish, you know? Well, more singing animals. Yeah, yeah. And like the songs aren't, they're not very catchy in... Uh, really? I didn't think they were that catchy. Ooh, I think you're going to incur the wrath of many of our listeners. Yeah, I know, probably. The only one I remember is like, Deliver Us, that one from the start. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. That's yeah. a good song. But I, it's like I dark. think it's got good music. It's, it's ominous. I think it's one of those movies that perhaps the music becomes very catchy if you listen to it once after the movie. Yeah, maybe. Right? Maybe I'll download the soundtrack on like, Spotify <laughs> yeah. or something. Okay. Yeah. It anyway. was fun, though. Uh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. The scene where like... Um, the burning bush scene was different to what I thought it was going to be. Um, Remind me. It's like in a cave, like a weird looking cave. And the burning bush is more like a, like kind of like bluish, I guess. Like blue fire. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to be like very red, orange fire. Well, the Torah doesn't specify what kind, what color fire yeah. it was. Um, that was cool. But the scene where God, I guess it's God, comes down... Into Egypt. Are you confusing two characters? I hope I'm right. <laughs> he, well, I'm assuming it's God doing it because yeah. God, he comes down as like this like effervescent like mist. Almost, oh, yeah. And he just flows right. through the streets of Egypt. I hit my microphone, but that's all right. We'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> he flows through the streets of Egypt and like just kills all the, all the firstborn yeah. Egyptians. Yeah. yeah. And they have to like... Um, I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was like, oh, this is the bit where they put like the lamb's blood on their... Yeah, we didn't door. get into that much yeah. detail last week. Um, but that was a scary, scary scene. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's confronting. I was trying to put myself in the shoes of like a, a seven-year-old uh, young mm. Jewish boy watching yeah. it. When did you first watch it? Is it like uh, a, a very like a primary I think I was older thing? than seven. Okay. Seven's quite young. Yeah. I was probably maybe 10, something like that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah you could handle it then, I think. Yeah, you know. But I, it was, I uh, watched all Tufts kind of stuff. It was know. good. It started off as like a fun, like a uh, like buddy comedy sort of thing with like a the <laughs> yeah. chariot, Moses racing. and Ramses and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I noticed is, oh yeah, Moses's brother, yeah, is his like long lost brother, yeah. not Ramses. Yeah, was it Ramses? Is his name? 
Ramses, Ramses is the is pharaoh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. not him, the other one, like the his lost biological brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his name is Aaron. Yeah, I know. And I was like, this is crazy. Is it's, that the only reason you told me to watch this movie? It is the only reason. It's actually the only reason I decided to start this podcast. Is he? It was all building up to you watching this movie and realizing that my name comes from a character in the Bible. Yeah. Are you named after him specifically? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't. My first name, I don't think. I don't think I'm named after anyone. I think my parents just like the name. Okay. Well, that's fair. And they knew they were going to move to Australia and that everybody would struggle between calling me Aaron or Aaron. Yeah. As a... As a... Yeah. (laughs) But you can confirm in the movie, they say Aaron. They say Aaron. It's American. They say Aaron. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, I could say it's Egyptian. Couldn't you say it's Egyptian? What, the name? Yeah. Well, I think Aaron or the Hebrew, Aharon, is... Hebrew. I don't think it's Egyptian. Okay. Well, it was a uh, it was a good movie, and yeah. I look forward to uh, to more movie recommendations. Excellent. I don't Fantastic. think I'm going to watch Joseph the sequel. I have not seen um, it. Yeah. Technically a prequel, but okay. I, w- I won't. You know. It is on. Crucify uh, you for that. Yeah. It is on Netflix. I'm probably not going to watch it. But, okay. Uh, yeah. It cool. was fun. I enjoyed it. Great. It was a good little uh, little bit of homework. Fantastic. Should we jump into today's theme? Yeah. Let's get into it. I Huge. don't have a movie recommendation revolving around prayer. Actually, I could probably think of one. That's okay. Well, I do have. You don't have a movie recommendation, but I do have a very good entrepreneur today to look forward to. So keep listening unless you're just ready to switch off. (laughs) (laughs) If we bored you already. All right. Let's talk about prayer and synagogues. I cannot wait. Yeah. So, I mean, why don't you hit me up? What's your impression of prayer in Christianity and religion in general? Well, I actually don't know how you pray in Judaism. You've never prayed? Well, I've prayed in... well. Like I don't know if I've prayed, but I've had to. I've been at like a prayer session, I guess, like You've in a church. Been around people who yeah. are praying. Well, in okay, so in like a Catholic church, yeah, there's like uh, there are pews which are like rows of yes, chairs, yes. I do know and that. Uh, some have like a little padded bit for your knees because you have to go down on like your knees. Oh, yeah, you have to get down on your knees and you put your hands together. You've you've seen the classic hands together praying, symbol. like by the bedside. Yeah, yeah that, that, sort of that, that sort of thing. Gotcha. That's, that's essentially yep. how you pray, and then uh, there's lots of singing. Cool. Terrible song. I'm assuming it's somewhat similar. Yeah, no, quite similar. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll talk a little bit more about like the specific prayers and stuff. Um, but just as an overview, prayer is a very important part of Judaism. There's prayers three times a day, set prayers. There's extra prayers on festivals and Shabbat on the Sabbath and everything. Yeah. There are blessings to say before and after every meal, before and after every food, blessings for special occasions. So prayer really is a very very vital part yeah it's juicy are there things you can and can't do like before and after praying what do you mean or like a say there's like a uh, like a specific prayer yeah is there things you can't do you know like you eat a big meal and then you gotta wait 30 minutes before swimming yeah is there something similar like with praying um well i mean every prayer has specific rules so the daily prayers is a morning an afternoon and an evening prayer yeah those all need to be done during during certain times. And there are lots okay. of people who are strict about not eating breakfast before they do the morning prayer. Yeah. Um, there are lots of people... I mean, there are rules about how long you are allowed to wait after you finish a meal before you say the after meal prayer. Okay. I mean, look, this is Judaism. Oh, look, there are I, rules about everything. I knew there were going to be rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When do you do your... I've never seen you pray at, like, work or anything. No, I do it when I get home. Okay, yeah. that makes so, sense. So, um, generally, the afternoon and the evening prayer can be done relatively close to each other. But the morning prayers I always do before I go to work. And then okay. the afternoon and evening prayers I do at home afterwards. Do you need any like instruments or... Like I know in like some religions there's like a mat involved. Or... Um, In the morning prayer, there's like a prayer shawl, which is called a talit. Okay. And there's also the English word is phylacteries. I don't know what that phylacteries. means. Phylacteries. Phylacteries. 
but I it's have no called idea Villain. What that means, yeah. Um, maybe one day for a special season bonus, I'll bring him in and you can show. You. I should have actually brought him in for this one. That's Didn't right. think about it. It's an audio format. It's it was fine. a good question actually that yeah. you asked. I wasn't anticipating that. No, I thought we'd just talk about Prez itself. Curveball out of nowhere. Oof, well, yeah. like I want to know, like there could be like beads involved or like a not so much beads. Maraca. Um, they apart from those two items that they're both items that you wear for the morning prayer only. Yeah. There aren't really anything that you hold or definitely nothing you pray to no okay. statues no anything like that that's very much considered idolatry yeah is it the same like prayers every day yes okay. yes yeah exactly okay. so we'll get into that um basically the origin of the concept of prayer is not explicit in the torah there's no bible commandment to pray yeah um as such in, to such an extent that the rabbis because they argue about everything argue about whether or not it's even an obligation to pray. Yeah, okay. Everybody thinks it's important. Yeah. So everyone says you have to pray, but whether it's like technically a commandment is not agreed upon by Okay, everyone. so there's some, some wiggle room here. Yeah, exactly. So if you didn't want to pray, you could just not... Well, I mean, look, no rabbi is going to say that... Don't you, do it. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Unless, it's just yeah. a question of whether it's a rabbinic commandment or a biblical commandment, Okay. if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. sort of hierarchy of... Okay. You just got to get a cool rabbi that doesn't really care that much. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, the guy that has like uh, cool like beads in his beard or something like that. You know, <laughs> I don't think Frosted. I've ever seen a rabbi with beads. <laughs> He's got frosted beard. tips on his beard. <laughs> oh god, from the no- oh jeez, yeah. no ways. Anyway, prayer is considered to be called the service of the heart. So in the temple time, they had service, which was all their sacrifices and the rituals that they did in the temple. Okay, but as you know, temples got destroyed. And they instituted what they called the equivalent, the service of the heart. And they draw on from various references to serving God with your heart in the Torah. And they instituted prayers. Okay. It's all very nice. It's wholesome and fun. Yeah. Look, the destroying of the temples is... I've still got beef with the Babylonians and the Greeks and the Egyptians and... The Romans. And all the... All of them. Basically yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone but the Jews. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because I think last week you uh, leaned heavily on feeling more bad for the Egyptians and they're suffering from the 10 plagues and the poor well, Jews and still, 200 years of slavery. I felt bad for both parties. Yeah, that's fair. It's, uh, I feel like there were innocent people involved. In it. That's Oh, that's also the beef I had with the movie. If yeah. We can backtrack to the movie. Though. Okay, yeah, sure. So Why not? People, Undisciplined people podcast not, that we are. Yeah, they might not enjoy it, but it's fine. Uh, so Moses is like, he's he thinks he's an Egyptian prince or something like that. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. And he's walking around all day with all these slaves and, and yep. says love and light. Yeah. And then as soon as he finds out that he's Jewish, yeah. he has a very quick change of heart. Yeah. And it's like, what's up, what's up with that, Moses? Why didn't you care before? Look, it's the time constraints. The studio was saying, look, <laughs> <laughs> and this movie has to be under a certain amount. we got kids watching this. Their attention spans yeah. aren't particularly long. I feel like they may have addressed it briefly in the... I feel like his sister... What's his sister's name? Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. Yeah, she was a very strong, independent woman. In yeah. Movie. Yeah, she very was good. risking everything. And she was like, uh, she might have been like, you didn't care when we were, uh, when you were a prince. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe. Something like that. And right? he was pretty guilty, but I was like, come on, man. You, you had some time to be like, because slavery is just not. I think if I recall, there's a deleted scene, which is just a scene of Moses in a room just thinking about it for about yeah. 300 days. Yeah. So, also, there we go. when he learns about his father's, uh, like killing of the firstborns in the movie, he learns about it through like these paintings that are like on the walls of the palace. Oh. And I'm not sure if that was meant to be like literally those paintings are there or it's more of like a figurative thing. Hmm. 
oh, yeah, like a metaphorical thing. thing. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and I was like, you've lived in this palace your whole life and you haven't seen these paintings. They're very, they're very like, it's just a guy yeah. throwing babies into some alligators. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. how did you not see oh, these? Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe he just... You know, sometimes things are right under your nose. You it's a big palace. There's yeah. a lot of rooms and yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd imagine that. Anyway, <laughs> look, was, I don't know why I'm justifying the movie. I don't know. Yeah, look. he was in peak, like, existential crisis at that point. It was... Yeah. I think the movie makers are just going, show, not tell. Let's not have a character just, you know, dump exposition about Moses' yeah. past. Let's have him look at hieroglyphics, because ancient Egypt and all. And oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All I'm saying is Moses was down with the slaves when he... You thought he was Egyptian. He didn't think about it. He yeah. didn't think about it. He was, you know, I guess in that a was bubble. just like the time. That yeah. was the. It was normal for him. He was so. living in a bubble. Yeah, and the bubble popped, and yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And what a bubble! The bubble got plagued. Yeah, he was hard. a bubble boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. Okay. Well, I enjoyed the movie anyway. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Are you happy? Any other issues, or can we move? Oh, look, back I'm sure to some today's will, topic. Some will float back. Yeah, into I'm. Mind. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. So, about 2,400 years ago. Yep. Yeah. So. There was what was called the Men of the Great Assembly. These were a group of great sages, great rabbis. Yeah. And they really understood that if they didn't set certain prayers, like set prayers, written prayers, yeah. you wouldn't really develop this culture of the importance of prayer, right? Because if you just go, well, I'll just pray. I'll say whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah. You'll never actually do like it. I, yeah. I'll just ask for a puppy every single night. <laughs> yeah, basically. exactly. That's how it works, right? Yeah. You just ask for stuff? 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of thanksgiving and praising and stuff as well as requesting. Yeah. But they set certain prayers. Okay. They wrote it down. And then since then, it sort of evolved to include other additions, other poetry. And Mm -hmm. I mean, songs is probably not the right word, but different psalms and stuff that over time, over the past, you know, two and a half thousand years have developed into the form of prayer that we have today. Okay. I always, I'm interested in that, like uh, this whole giving thanks idea why well you know when you see like a like an athlete win like the world cup or the world championship or something like yeah, that sure. and they and like it's not everyone but more often than not they will thank god like first and foremost thank god you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah i find that such a strange thing why well because i'm not because i'm not religious i guess but every time i see that i'm like no like you you did that yeah but thank you, your genetics if you be- <laughs> but who created your genetics so if you believe in god yeah, I know, and you I believe understand. that you there's a apart from being like this all powerful god he's also a personal god so he's yeah. involved in every level of the world right yeah. and you understand that everything comes from god yeah. right and that's part of what this prayer does so if you pray 3 times a day beginning middle sort of and end of the day and you're saying blessings before everything that you eat and you're saying blessings before you smell nice things. And you're saying blessings depending on the type of day and sanctifying the Sabbath day. All you're doing is you're creating this constant reminder to yourself that there is something transcendent. Yeah. And that everything that you do and everything you experience and benefit from comes from, you know, yeah. God. I just have a hard time, like giving anyone else any credit for my own accomplishments. <laughs> Especially <laughs> some like omnipotent being <laughs> in the sky, you know? I yeah. don't know. It's like you, I don't know. Well, I guess think about it. You're not, you understand because, you know, you're a man of science in the 21st century. Yeah. That you didn't choose your own genetics and you didn't choose your own upbringing. Oh, right? I wish I could have. So do you pat yourself on the back for, you know, being as tall as you are? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> oh, that was all me, baby. <laughs> I was stretching myself every day. <laughs> All right. So apart from you, most people who don't stretch themselves, they understand that even though emotionally they can be 
happy that they are tall. Yeah. They understand that they didn't do anything to make them tall. Now that doesn't mean no, but like yeah. But LeBron James like trained and lifted weights and right. like ran and drank. Right. I'm sure like so much Gatorade like all the time. Right. To get to like being the best basketball player in the world, you know. Yeah. That wasn't just like God's creation, you know. Yeah, but if you believe everything comes from God and you think yeah. that God is God gives you the strength and the skills to go through all of that. Plus all the element of luck and all the element of good fortune and all, the, and all of that stuff. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is why didn't God give me the drive to be LeBron James? <laughs> okay. So now I understand the <laughs> yeah, question. I'm, I understand it. I'm just really bitter about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd love to be an NBA player and yeah. cashing checks every day and yeah. shooting hoops. Well, I guess it's also... I'd thank God if that happened. I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thank... Yeah, God, he did it. Whatever. It's fine. I didn't do it. It wasn't like I think 15 years of hard work. There's a concept um, in prayer called kavana, which is like having intention. So instead of just saying the words by rote and not thinking about what you're saying, which is exactly what you just said you would do, (laughs) you actually think about it. And especially because most of the prayers are in Hebrew. So if you're not a fluent Hebrew speaker, and even if you are, sometimes the language is like Shakespearean, just as an analogy. So you're not really connecting so much with the words especially kids because you learn these prayers off by heart from a very young age yeah. you can just say them off by rote without thinking um like singing a song in another language right yeah so you're not really thinking about the words you're saying you're just going through the motions yeah and yeah yeah concept of kavana is actually thinking about it and you know s- meaning what you say okay kavana is it called kavana <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> kavana <laughs> is <laughs> how, how you would say it in the hebrew accent kavana yeah exactly kavana ulana okay Copacabana? Uh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to do some sort of Nirvana Cavana. Nirvana Cavana. Nirvana Cavana. <laughs> yeah, I never really thought about that. Probably because like Hebrew speakers pronounce it as Kavana. Yeah. So the emphasis is at the end. Okay. Yeah. So, again, three different parts to the prayer, and they're not always in the same order, but basically there's praise, mm-hmm. where you're praising God, you're acknowledging um, God's yeah. amazing awesomeness. Then there's the thanks thanking him for everything, you know, everything from waking up in the morning to giving you food, giving you clothes to, yeah. you know, just life. And then there's the requests. So the requests for health, for wisdom, for um, safety, for mm-hmm. the Jewish people being returned to the land of Israel, to everything, covers everything. Okay. Is there a prayer for like when bad things happen? Do you what think, do you mean? Like if someone, someone died or something, do you thank God? For that? So actually there's a blessing. There's a blessing that if you hear that someone's died, the blessing is, um, in Hebrew, it's Baruch Dayan Ha'emet, which means blessed be the true judge. Okay. So it's not really thanking God for killing this person, but it's a blessing to say, blessed is God who is the true judge, who I don't understand maybe why this tragedy has befallen us. Yeah. But I'm reaffirming my faith in God and understand that his wisdom and judgment is beyond my comprehension okay like a real uh, judge judy type character yeah she's my god sure. <laughs> you think judge okay. judy okay yeah well i don't know I, I i struggle with like that getting to terms with okay god did all these good things but then he also does all the bad like it's that classic thing right like god yeah. does all he's just responsible for everything so right so everything's his right plan right so good things thank god yeah bad things you have to be like understanding. Well, I think the point is, again, the whole point is that you're trying to envelop your everyday life with an understanding that God is there. Sort of, you remember when we spoke about the kippah? 
and yeah. how the kippah sits on your head to remind you that God's always above, right? Yeah. So it's this sort of thing. It's sort of trying to structure your life, your religious life in particular, to understand that God is involved with every level, yeah. even the things that are maybe a little bit less savory. That must be so hard to like keep your faith when like terrible stuff happens. Oh, well, I mean, like, look, it depends. There are different types of faith, aren't there? There's emotional faith. Yeah. So if, you're, if your faith is based on emotion, when you experience tragedy, your faith's going to be shaken. Yeah. Whereas if your faith is based on intellectual beliefs, you know, th- theoretically, if you experience tragedy, you're not going to have your faith broken because if you experience tragedy, if someone you love dies, God forbid. Oh, right? I love no one, so it's fine. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> okay, if you died, I'd okay, be upset. If I okay. died, you'd be <laughs> upset, right? I should... I should say, my girlfriend would be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> She's in there too. It'd be fine. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love you, my girlfriend, and myself. <laughs> and that's how you just... If you, if you love too much, you would just get hurt. That's what I've learned. <laughs> I'll never hurt you, Cal. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so like, okay, what's one? So if, you, if, you're into, if your faith is intellectual, right? Yeah. And you... Someone you love dies. Yeah. It's not the first person you've heard of dying. No. Right? So no. that shouldn't shake your faith. If it does, you might have more of an emotionally attached faith than you realized. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess it's just like, I would, I would just be like, why did you decide, why did God decide to kill this person? You know? Especially if it was like a, like a two-year-old or something like that, you know? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the classic problem. Why does evil exist in tragedy yeah. and all that sort of thing? Yeah. Like if God is, is there... Yeah. Why do bad things happen? You know what I mean? Well, that, look, that's a legitimate question. Yeah. My biggest problem is how... And I have no issues with atheism. I flirt with atheism yeah. daily. But I have no issue with atheists asking that question. Mm. But the thing to understand is that... Especially... I mean, I'm aware of Jewish philosophy, but I'm sure every other religion has it as well. Yeah. It's not like this question hasn't been considered by every other philosophically inclined rabbi. Yeah. And you know, Torah student for all time. Mm. And there are answers. I understand the answers might not fit everybody yeah. or suit everybody. But I mean, a huge concept about it is that you have to try and understand what well, the nature of the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And the same way how, how does God allow evil to happen? How does God allow goodness to happen? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. they're two sides of the same coin, but that's super deep. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not too sure about my, my own atheism. Oh yeah. Anymore. Well, I feel like I'm when I think about it, like I, I don't want to be like a fence sitter. Yeah. But I feel like I'm leaning towards being like more of like an agnostic atheist. Right. If that makes sense. Because yeah. no one, no one really knows. You know. Yeah. Well, you can't prove you can have way. A, Yeah. You can have. You can say I believe that God doesn't exist and right. I'm an atheist. Yeah. But no one is 100 percent sure. Yeah. Like we could just be. I love that idea that we're all just like um some alien kids like science experiment. Yeah, you do love yeah, that Yeah, I idea. really like that idea. I find that idea I think that incredibly confronting. spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the close. And like, we're not even a good a good one. Oh, like, like kid is like failing the class. class. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like in that episode of The Simpsons where um, Homer like helps Bart with his like model. Yeah. And then it wins because they're like, this is the only one that could have possibly been done by like a student. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. terrible. Oh, that's, the, that's what we're all in. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope you're wrong. Yeah. I well, really hope you're it wrong. It would be pretty awful. <laughs> that yeah. was the real thing. Anyway, like we've just been neglected. He made it one year and just left it in his 
wardrobe. And I forgot just, about yeah, it. And and go, oh my god! Look, what, look <laughs> yeah. what's happened. Yeah, the Bachelor's on its like tenth season. Like, uh, what happened? Well, yeah. Well, if you found that out, he'd probably just like throw in the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, anyway. my point is, no one knows. I think no, no one knows. And I think in my concept of Jewish prayer really reflects that. It's not a simple just praying to sort of this anthropomorphic white-bearded God in the sky. Yeah. So, for example, the Hebrew word... I know I'm throwing a lot of Hebrew at you today. The Hebrew word to pray is lehitzpalel. Now, grammatically, and I'm not a grammarian, but grammatically, lehitzpalel is, means um, it's a reflective Okay. Uh, verb. So instead of saying it's not so much to pray, it's not to like I don't know how to say. It. So yeah. the active would be palau, and lehit palau is to reflectively pray, so mm. to speak, which sort of points to the notion that prayer is about changing you as opposed to changing God. So you're praying yeah, 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 to yeah. change your orientation, yeah. which is a deep concept. Lehit palau. Lehit palau. Yeah. I like that because the first part of it sounds like the hits. Like, yeah. it's all right, guys, like time to pray. Hits. Yeah, let's break out the hits. <laughs> the hits. Yeah, the hit palel. Though most people will actually call praying davening, which is Yiddish. Okay. I mean, the ing at the end is probably English. Yeah, yeah. But daven is um, what I would say most commonly. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, davening. Yeah. davening. I'm on board with it. Yeah, davening. This good. has been getting a, this has been a deep episode so far. Yeah, I feel like I need to make like a fart joke just to lighten the mood. Or something. <laughs> Please don't. Well, you can make a joke. Just don't make the actual fart. I have no jokes. We're in a little soundproof. Yeah, sport, and I really <laughs> don't want it to get any hotter in here. It is. I'm schwitzing for sure. <laughs> yeah. Good use. Good use. Yeah. Um, another important aspect of prayer is that the majority of prayers are actually written in the plural. So you don't say, I mean, I know you wouldn't say, please give me X, Y, and Z. You say, please yeah. give us. Don't save me. Save us. Okay. Um, save all of your um, children. Is, okay, cool. Which is also a nice communal aspect yeah. to it, which is why communally praying like with a minyan, which is a group of 10 men over the age of bar mitzvah, which is 13, is considered like a quorum, like a community. And it's always better to pray with a community than by yourself. Oh, everything's better with other people. It's always yeah. better together. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of things you can do together. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were talking about like going to Vegas and like getting drunk and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Better to and do then, it together. Yeah, right, which is fun. And then in the morning, they would go and have a schwitz. Right. What do you mean? Like they would oh, go like in a sauna. Like in a sauna. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I didn't fun. know that was a thing. Yeah. I thought schwitzing was just like, oh, when you're sweating heaps, but you can actively like seek it out. Yeah, I think that's more of just a colloquially um, American. Yeah, yeah. Like thing. let's go and have a schwitz. Yeah, let's go have a schwitz. Okay. Yeah. I like a schwitz. Well, yeah, we're doing like a schwitz a... right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like a good sauna. I like yeah. a schwitz. I'll be in Japan soon. I'm going to do some schwitzing over there. I'm yeah, sure. it's great. Yeah. No, you. Yeah, I've used that term before. You go into like a. Hot room or a spa or something, and you say, "Let's let's go have a schwitz." Oh, it's it's nice. It it it's better. There's no word f- that you could use in place of it. Yeah, there's yeah. no better way to cure your hangover than to go and dehydrate yourself even more. Yeah, just by sitting in a hot room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive, yeah. but I'm sure it must work. Well, maybe it works because then you actually realize how dehydrated you are, and then you drink. Yeah, maybe more water. Yeah, not more alcohol. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be just, uh, counterproductive. Would just, yeah, I would just be in there just pouring Gatorade over the hot coals. <laughs> <laughs> you have an obsession with Gatorade. Yeah, well, I think it's just because I'm hot. <laughs> yeah, but I think no matter how much you drink, you're not going to be LeBron James. I'm actually sponsored by Gatorade, and I just haven't told you. No, oh, that'd be so the podcast nice. Podcast has been blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Did no you know? Uh, you know uh, when where Gatorade was invented? In Gator? No, oh, I didn't know. It was invented by a, a scientist at Florida University. Yeah. Uh, 
in America, obviously. Yeah. Uh, his, which team is called the Gators, and he made this like sports really? drink for the team, the Gators, and that's why it's called Gatorade. Ah, oh, what yeah. came first, Gatorade or Powerade? Oh, I'm surely Gatorade. I think Powerade is just like an Australian knockoff. Oh, is it? I don't think Powerade is like a thing in America. I think oh. that's like an Australian thing. Oh. If you're an American listener and you uh, have any knowledge on this, please let us know. Yeah. I'm talking to you at, at gmail.com. That's the one. Is Powerade a real thing? Yeah. The hard-hitting answers and questions. All right. Let's move on to the place of prayer. So, synagogues. Yes. Um, You know, it's pretty much... What Self-explanatory. You, yeah, it's a room, yeah. I'm assuming. I think that over time... I mean, look, there are lots of different styles of synagogues. Nowadays, you quite a common style is modeled after churches. So you have similarly arranged pews and stuff. Yeah. But in Orthodox synagogues, men and women sit separately. Okay. With a separation in between. So sometimes that separation is just um, a partition. Sometimes it's actually like in the synagogue I attend, it's a sheer like white curtain that okay. you can... When the rabbi gets up to give a sermon, you can open the curtain so that everyone can see. But during the actual services, it's closed. Sometimes it's like there's like two levels. So the women on the second level and the men on the bottom level. Okay. Um, yeah. What's the reason for that, the segregation? So actually, I mean, this might be a bit controversial. Controversial. It, sound, it seems outdated. Yeah. Look, the evolution of men and women sitting separately, I don't think there's a consensus about whether or not synagogues began doing that from the very beginning or yeah. if it's something that developed over time. My inclination from my own research is that it's probably a relatively new invention. Yeah. And when I say relatively new, I probably mean like post-original synagogues and institutions of prayer, but quite quite a long time ago in terms of modern orthodoxy. Okay. I have yeah. to say I'm not on board with it. Look. I'm off it. I guess it's... It, it, like, it's, don't you want to sit with your wife and... Me personally? Yeah. Well, I don't really want to answer that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to answer that, and it's yes, I Look, do. Look, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Growing up as a teenager, you grew it up, makes you a lot grew of up sense. exclusively as a teenager. Just as a teenager. Oh, came out incredible. as a teenager. Yeah. No, but you know, when you're a teenager, I understand the the distracting notion of... Oh, boobs. I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, you're trying so, to focus on your synagogue and there's boobs everywhere. In I, I yeah. assume it's the same intellectual... That's you know, what, no. The, all the all of the highest ranking rabbis got together, and they said, "Oy vey, what are we going to do about these <laughs> boobs?" <laughs> God. Oh God! We went from the highs of like philosophical discourse on the you just these, shout yeah. out boobs every two seconds. Well, all these teenage boys—they're already struggling to stick with like the thick, dense material in the Torah. You know? Yeah. So it's that's boring at times. I think it's and about how... trying to trying to um, maximize the ability to focus on the prayers itself. Now, I understand that in 2018, the the um, orientation should be the other way and it should be like, well, you should be focusing inwards as opposed to making it, you know, a male versus female yeah. issue. Um, I think we have to be careful to ascribe modern day notions of a quote unquote equality with tradition and understand the reason why certain traditions put in place. And I do know that this is an issue um, that is a bit contentious. So yeah. I do know that there are some fringe Orthodox, so some people wouldn't consider them Orthodox, Synagogues that don't sit separately, um, definitely conservative shuls, um, which is the word for synagogue in um, America. Yeah, remember don't that. sit yeah. separately. Okay. So yeah, look, it's not, it's, it's not, um, it's not like a black and white issue. Yeah, it's a it's a men and women issue. <laughs> it's a men and women issue. <laughs> you think they they also had the similar concerns about the women being distracted by all the guys? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. The difference is that women don't have an obligation to pray. So oh. in Judaism, 
uh, men um, are obligated to pray. Okay. Um, men are obligated to put on the talit, the prayer shawl. That they have to put on the phylacteries, the tefillin. They have to pray three times a day. Women do not have that um, obligation. Um, and again, that's more reflective of the time when all these obligations were put into place and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Torah laws are being established. Women, the the um, ability for women who were at the time homebound and raising kids and stuff was not sort of um, malleable to this sort of set prayers. Yeah. Whereas men went out in the morning, prayed, went to work, prayed, came back, prayed. So it's a lot easier to structure men's obligation compared to women's. Yeah. That also seems quite outdated to me as well. Yeah, look, it's the the whole women issue in Judaism is just one of these things that we have to wrestle with yeah. um, with modern concepts of equality. Yeah. yeah, get with the times. Yeah, look, that's Jeez. a little bit dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there are certain um, features that every synagogue will have. So yeah. again, um, some old synagogues actually, instead of sitting like in rows facing the front, um, there are lots of synagogues, especially in like Israel, ancient synagogues where people sat around the end, like the outside, the perimeter of the big hall. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like in rows and people just sat pretty much anywhere. Um, but every prayer will, every synagogue will have certain items for prayers. So there's the ark. Now the ark is like a cupboard. Like Noah's ark? It's similar. similar okay. Same word, but different object. Um, it houses the Torah scrolls. Okay, so uh, I was like, that's upset. I thought it was going to be more of like a petting zoo situation. <laughs> Where every every animal. Oh, that'd be really funny. That would, I would go to synagogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the petting zoo. Yeah. yeah, no, you wouldn't be able to fit many animals in there. No. But normally it's like decorated. There's like a curtain. Um, um, it's normally like the centerpiece of every yeah. synagogue. Then you have the what's called a bima. And the bima is like a platform or the stage or like a... Um, I don't know how to say it. Like a podium. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. A lectern. A lectern, exactly. Yeah. Which the Torah scroll is placed on when you bring it out to read. And where the cantor, the leader of the prayers, will pray from. Um, and yeah, so you have that as well. Okay, that's very similar to like just, I don't want to say normal church. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Catholic church. And I'm sure yeah, they're all exactly. very similar. So sometimes the bim is at the front of the yeah. synagogue. Sometimes it's actually in the middle. Oh, so okay. So it's it like up. as close as it can be to as many people. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that you have in all synagogues is what's called a ne'er tamid, which is an eternal flame. It's a light that we never turn off. It represents God, um, I'm assuming? Yeah, I think so. I think it represents the continuation of constant Torah learning, constant praying, God's constant presence, okay. and our constant devotion to Him. Um, nowadays, there's no reason why it can't be like an electric candle. So yeah. the one in my synagogue is actually electric. Very modern. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you guys. High tech. Welcome High to, tech. Welcome to the t- 21st century <laughs> but it's still shaped like the bulb itself is shaped yeah, like yeah, the yeah. flame uh, yeah. and it's red um but i imagine that before electricity they probably had to just keep it burning as much as they could yeah, it'd be very hard candles yeah. are everywhere in all in churches and religion and stuff so that's the only candle except for like you know hanukkah, hanukkah candles yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um but that's the only candle that's really lit mm-hmm. during prayer. are we in hanukkah we're in ha- are we in hanukkah we are yeah, we are so. yeah. yeah one more day one, one more day oh, yeah. well, happy hanukkah Thank you. Thank you. Hanukkah is it Hanukkah? Hanukkah. Hanukkah. When I was uh, when I was in primary school, yeah, at my uh, the old Catholic primary school, oh, yeah, we were doing some some ceremonies like practicing for some maybe we, maybe graduation or something like that, yeah, uh, and we all had to like line up and like walk down the middle aisle of the church, yeah, holding um like a candle. Everyone had their own candle, yeah, and this one kid 
he got too close to the girl in front of her. Oh, uh, no. Him and uh, set her hair on fire. Oh, and it was like, no. it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. People were like whacking her in the head. <laughs> it was oh, like, it was out of control. What yeah. A disaster. And Who does that? Who gives yeah, candles to I think children? Maybe they they might should probably get some of those electric candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, that sort of wraps up um, synagogue. Huge. Yeah. Um, the vocabulary word for today sort of snuck in while we were talking. So we had lots of Hebrew words and stuff. Shul, which we've gone shul. through before. But shul is the Yiddish term for a synagogue. Did we he- do shul before as a vocabulary? Yeah, it's sort of something I snuck in because I sort of revert just instinctively back uh, okay. to calling it a shul when I should call it a synagogue for yeah. everyone to know. The Hebrew word for a shul or a synagogue is actually a Beit Knesset, which oh. means a house of assembly. Okay. Just a house of gathering, communal space. Beit and Knesset. Yeah. Lo- lots of synagogues can act as like function halls, community centers, learning institutions as well. So it's not exclusively prayers anyway. Yeah. So Beit Knesset is actually quite... A good is that where you, did you is that where you used to play roller hockey? What do you mean? Was that you know there was like a oh was that just like a rec center? Oh, that was just a rec center. Oh, okay. That was just, just a gym. Yeah, oh, roller hockey would make synagogue way better. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think that would be an inappropriate use of <laughs> inside. You could play on the outside and dry in like the car park and stuff. Yeah, but that'd be fine. Yeah. Anyway, so that wraps up prayer and um, synagogues. What a ride! Yeah, Are you look, you were going to talk about peaks and valleys. The, <laughs> the philosophy of prayer. Yeah. Till the cows come home. I know. Oh, Which well. is a saying I don't really understand. Well, they go out to graze and then they, they come home. Yeah, but that's not very long. Like, till the cows come home. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on when you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> if you start immediately, then you've got a long time until the cows come home. Maybe people will be like, quick, the cows are about to come home. Let's wrap this yeah, thing up. But like, yeah, there are so many other things you could say. Like, till the season changes or till yeah. hell freezes over. Like, that's another common one. Yeah. That takes much longer than the cows to come home. Yeah, well, it hasn't happened yet. Well, <laughs> as far it? as I know. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Um, should we do our first entrepreneur for the year? Ooh, I'm excited. Because this one is huge. All right. Yeah. Hit me. I've tied it into the whole synagogue idea. What would you say is... I have an idea, but what would you say is the worst part of synagogue? If you can, without being too sacrilegious. Ooh, the worst Your part. least favorite part. I would have to probably just say the length. Yeah, it's, yeah, too it's, long. No, it's difficult, especially like on festivals and the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, there's lots of singing and the services are longer, and there's lots of singing and stuff. Yeah, wrap so it up. It goes for a while. Mm-hmm. What about the commute? The commute, synagogue? the commute is not great. I mean, we all live close to yep. a synagogue, um, so driving there during the week is not a problem. But on the Sabbath, obviously, we don't use cars, yep. so we walk. Um, not, not, not great. Not, not yep. the best. Yeah. What about? Uh, you were saying there's lots of different types of synagogue. There are, yes. What about the lack of variety? You're going to the same one all the time. Yep, yep, yep. that's a problem. Nightmare. Especially so in a small place many, uh, like Australia. Yep, where so they're... many problems. Yeah. So, 2018, as you know. Okay. Uh, virtual reality, yeah. VR. It's a big oh, thing at the moment. Yeah. Here's my entrepreneur idea for you. Yeah. Synagogues. Synagogues. Synagogue virtual reality goggles. Synagogues. Yeah, whack them on your head. You can okay. do it at synagogue, okay. change up the experience, tailor it to your own likes. All right. Or just stay home. Okay. Whack the synagogues on. Boom, you're at synagogue. All right. All right. I'm thinking Huge. about this. I'm thinking about this. Right. So, you remember I just told you about the quorum of 10 men, the minyan? Yeah. So, done better together. But, you know, like, yeah, they're better together. Hold on. So, there are certain prayers that you can't say unless you have 10 men, right? Yeah. So, there's a discussion. Um, I mean, lots of discussions. The rabbis argue about whether or not you can be counted as part of that quorum if you are like on speakerphone. 
okay. example. So you can hear, you can answer. And nowadays you have like FaceTime and stuff. Yeah, well, my so idea is VR like... VR will take that to the next level, won't yeah, it? Right? You're there. You. It seems like you're all there because you're connected, yeah. obviously, via the internet. Yep. And like you've got your own avatar. You're looking yeah. at your buddy like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Hashem. That's the only name <laughs> I can think of. Your buddy Hashem. <laughs> He's over there. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to say something like offensive. Anyway, so you, you know, he's over so there. So you went with your buddy God. Yeah. yeah. No, good work. Hashem's over there. He's hanging out over there. Yeah. Uh, your your female friends are behind a curtain over there. <laughs> yeah. Good. You know, or are they? <laughs> Who knows? It so yeah. badly. <laughs> yeah. And like you're all just there, but you're not there. Right. You're at home. Right. You can change the settings. Okay. You know, you could make it like themed to your favorite movie. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I think. I think the response to something like this, I personally like it. I think yeah. it's embracing technology. I think it's, you know, the route we're all going to have to go at some point. Also, yeah. the name Synagogles. Synagogles. Is it's a good fantastic. one. It's a good one. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. No, no, that, that is good. I can see it taking off. Yeah. I think people are going to resist it just because it's the same resistant to all sort of that yeah, technology. People it's don't like, like the change. They don't like the change, but also there's something about being physically in the presence of someone. Yeah. Um, well, this I, is for the people who just don't like to be around other people. Yeah. But yeah, you could also could go to synagogue. You sit down yeah. and everyone there has their own sort of synagogues. If you're in synagogue, you have to also put on the synagogues. Yeah. Everyone has to wear the synagogues. Yeah, but then you can like tune into, di- like a silent disco. You can tune into different sort of like yeah. uh, stations. You know? And I could go to a synagogue in like Israel while I'm here exactly. in Australia. Yeah. Just put on the synagogues. You could go to a synagogue on the top of that mountain yeah. Where Moses went to get the commandments from Hashem himself. Yeah, I don't think there is one there, but you could if there was. Okay, it's gone. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, because it's, it's, it's virtual. I think you'll find resistance, not just from a technical point of view, but also from a, like, this just defeats the spirit of the prayers. So, for example, um, you know how we don't use electricity on the Sabbath, on the Shabbat. Mm. So, with ele- electric lights, that we now have the problem. ability to put things on a timer. Right, yeah. so if you can either leave a light on or you can set a timer so it comes on and off whenever you want, and that's a way around it. Okay. So then the question, and every you know, kid growing up, religious asks this: Why can't we do the same thing with the TV? Yeah. Why can't we just turn on the TV for you know the football grand final? Yeah. Come on at a certain time, go off of it at a certain time, and watch it. And the resistance to it, even though technically you're not doing anything wrong, the resistance to it is that it's not like in the spirit. Of the yeah, Sabbath. yeah, okay. And so this, I feel like they're going to be like, well, it's not in the spirit of communal prayers. I did not think about how you would turn them on or put them on your head or anything like that. Ah. Because I guess you can't use electricity. Mm, yeah, it's a good okay. point. Well, maybe it would be like uh, remotely controlled. Yeah. Anyway, look, I actually like the idea and I really like the name. Yeah, Synagogues is going to take off. That's also, uh, that's copyrighted, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's no, how copyright no, works. No, absolutely. You say it's copyrighted? Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, you are brought into the circle of trust. Yeah. And we. We know that you're not going to steal our ideas. Yeah. Right? That was gigantic. Huge. Yeah. It was good. I really liked it. Probably my best one yet. Yeah. Um, do we have time for a quick um, You've Got Mail? Yeah, we got time. Oh, yeah. we got, a, we got a, a message. Yeah, we did. What? We got a message. It was a slight complaint. Oh, yeah. Because they believe that... What did you that... do this time? <laughs> what did, how do you know it wasn't you? Uh, you always, it's always you. Oh, no. I'm, just, I'm delightful and innocent. Anything I say is just ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you say is just poor research. And... Says the person who said boobies 20 times in one minute. Hey, look, man. It was, it was an appropriate time to say boobies. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, the, so, anyway, the semi-complaint comes in from a gentleman named Michael. Okay. And he wanted he had some beef with us because he thought that Passover, which was 
last podcast's topic yep. should have been spread over three different topics. Three different weeks. Okay, well, listen here, Michael. Do you know, do you know how hard it is to make a podcast? Oh, okay, just make two more episodes? Okay, yeah, all right, Michael. Get it. Yeah, I've had enough. Yeah, especially because we are literally two monkeys who have no idea how to use audio equipment. Yeah. No, we. do you know how many times Audacity yeah. crashed today before <laughs> yeah. we finally switched to a different program? Yeah, it's true. Look, I mean, look, he has a point. We could have split it over the story. We could have done then done rituals. We could have done the Seder night. Um, I did... Um, Hanukkah last season over two different podcasts. Yeah, we did. Um, could have done the same thing. It's always tricky. It's always tricky because these topics are so big, so broad, so much information. Uh, how much to stay on one topic and how much to go do like an overall breadth. Yeah. But we can always revisit it, um, stuff like that. Do keep listening. Um, if there are aspects of any topic that we don't go deep enough into, let us know. Wow, you really answered that in this the very, uh, a very pleasant way. Well, because I didn't want to offend listeners yeah. unlike you. Well... You were nice. I say, Michael, uh, I don't really care if you listen, mate. Get out. Yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah. No. Michael, you... we love you. I don't... No, I don't. <laughs> okay. no, it's not mutual. Oh, right. All the right. only person I've ever liked who's right into the show is Bookie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone else I've had huge beef with. Yeah. Send some... If you're going to be uh, sending in feedback, yeah. how about we be constructive here, Michael? Mm. How about that, yeah. mate? I well, mean, his was semi-constructive. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. But look, I'm just I'm heated. I know. I think I it's can just tell. It's genuinely I can hot. tell. I think I better put yeah. the fire out because you're okay. turning to a burning bush. Yeah, let's end this before you. I get too yeah. out of control. Anyway, if you want to get in touch, you want to send compliments or constructive feedback, you know where to find us: talkingjew at gmail.com. Beautiful. We're on Facebook, Instagram, yeah, everything. We're even on Twitter. Look, oh, I haven't been on Twitter in a very no, long who time. Who has been on Twitter so, in a very long time? Social media is too much work. You know, it's very hard enough doing a podcast. Yeah, no, certainly. Look, I'm sure. If this podcast is ever going to be successful, yeah, then you know God's got it. Yeah, He's if you want to run our social media for zero pay, yeah, in fact for probably negative pay because it'll be taking up <laughs> other time that you could be used productively, then do get in touch. Yeah. But other than that, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week.